Hey guys, it's Chris from Tap the Craft, and I wanted to say thank you for checking out our show. I also wanted to tell you about our sponsor, Brewer Shirts. At the forefront of the craft beer movement, Brewer Shirts was one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. Never too trendy, always comfortable, and offering affordable quality. They screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. Check out their online store at brewershirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTHECRAFT2020 to receive 15% off of full-priced items. Welcome, craft beer friends, to season eight, episode seven of Tap to Craft Podcast. I am Danny Lewis coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the dog whisperer, and my favorite Florida man, also known as Drinking Eagle from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Chris McKenzie. How do you tonight, Chris? And what is in your glass? So, you know, Denny, if, uh, if what we did wasn't so much fun, mm-hmm. I'd totally be sleeping right now. Oh, wow. Wow. That, that means you had a good weekend, huh? It was a good weekend. We celebrated uh, Denny is the Gandalf of craft beer. Okay, yeah. Dan Charlie, you are absolutely right. Well, well that, once it, it's it's a young Gandalf until yeah. I until December time frame. Once beer it starts growing, then it's then it's really gonna kick in. Um but yeah, I, we had uh Manny's birthday this oh. was was yesterday and uh he wanted to go to Walt Disney World for uh what used to be called Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. So okay. Basically you get to go trick or treating at Disney. So that's what we ended up doing. Okay. L- yesterday but we left here in Tampa. We left Tampa at about 5 p.m. on Saturday and between the five of us, Dan said he had PTSD when you shaved. Between the five of us, <laughs> we uh, we had a uh, mini vacation over oh, at Disney. Spent the spent the evening Saturday, grabbed dinner, sat by the fire pit, had some beers. Uh, Saturday or Sunday during the day, we hung out by the pool, had a couple more beers, nice. uh, and then last night we went to Disney, did some trick or treating, rode a bunch of rides. And, uh, and we drove home this morning after breakfast. So it was a lot of fun. Um, but in my glass today, I'm drinking something that I haven't grabbed a hold of in a long mm, time. No. Um, and I am doing really good to answer your second question, <laughs> but I'm having a, uh, triple philosophers or three nice. philosophers yeah. from, uh, brewery Oma gang. And, uh, I saw this on the shelf when I went to pick up some beers that I I hadn't had it in such a long time and I and I don't remember liking it as much oh. how many years ago. That was probably also in the same time where I said I don't really like Belgian beers. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, it wasn't so good, but I um I'm enjoying it now. And uh I'm glad I went back to it cuz I got a second beer that was on my list of beers I had a long time ago uh that I didn't like at the time that I'm really curious to see how it how it turns out it's, uh was it brothers thelonious brother oh thelonious? that's an awesome beer from yeah. uh 
from North Coast. North Coast, yeah. yeah. And uh, I beer. was gi- I was given that. Poosh, I don't know. Probably right around the same time I started my Untapped account, which was 2015, mm. and uh, it was not a good entry beer for craft beer for me. But, yeah, it's know. a it's a big flavored, strong mm-hmm. beer that that would definitely throw you off if you weren't expecting it. Did yeah. you get a, a 25 ounce bottle or a smaller one? I got a small bottle because okay. um, I was at Total Wine and More, and <laughs> I, I had to do some beer shopping because we were getting low before the weekend. And okay, there's a couple there's a couple of beers that I want to have just a side conversation about here in just a second, or maybe you know a few minutes into the show. But uh, I want to know what's in your glass, Denny, and how are you doing today? I am doing well. Um, you're probably going to hear me maybe have some uh, phlegm flare-ups because I'm getting over a uh, head cold. Uh, a week ago, I went to the pumpkin patch, the annual pumpkin patch with my grandson, and the wind was blowing so bad that, I mean, it was it's like wind and dust and hay in my face. The next day, I, I in the middle of the night, the next morning, I woke up with a massive migraine from my head just like stuffed up, like hard, mm-hmm. nasty, uh, and it and it went from that to start to drain and then just kind of stuck around and my face was all like messed up. I'm finally feeling better. Like today is the first day in a week that I felt like I can, my face isn't on fire and I'm not uh, too stuffed up, but you know how when you, when you get done with a head cold or a sinus infection or whatever, and then uh, you have that, that last little bit between your nose and your throat, and the phlegm is like hard and kind of like it's stuck between there and you feel like you're going to blow bubbles of, you know, hard snot out of your nose. That's what I feel mm-hmm. like right now. So if I do uh, have a moment where I need to cough up a little bit, uh, I apologize ahead of time. And maybe you you can hear a little bit of uh, I sound much better now than I did even yesterday. Sarah's like, wow, you sound so much better today. I was like, yeah, I got to record. I got to yeah. sound good, right? Yeah. I can't be sounding too stuffed up. But uh, yeah, but I'm doing much better because I. So I feel normal today, somewhat normal. So that, that's good. And what is in my glass? You know, last last uh, recording, I was drinking some Boneyard beer, and I'm drinking some more Boneyard beer. This one is the incredible Pulp Blood Orange Extra Pale L. And look at that artwork there, right? That hop is just beefed out. Like I the like incredible that. hop right there. Incredible Pulp. Oh, what uh, what kind of what's on his hat? It's skull and crossbones. Oh, okay. That's what I thought it was. Can I couldn't... see that? Yeah, it's kind of uh, hard to see. But yeah, skull and crossbones. And uh, he's just crushing a blood orange, half of a blood orange in there. And stuff. let me tell you, this is, a, this is a fantastic implementation of adding uh, an adjunct, especially like blood orange. I love blood orange. But sometimes mm-hmm. these things can come across way too fruity or too much, you know, it's too much. And what what's nice about this beer is it's a solid pale ale. Right up front, you get the malty base. You feel like you're drinking a you know a malty beer. Um, it eases into the to to the to the orange uh, from the blood orange, uh, but it's not overly overbearing. It's not stick, not heavy, not not sticky, and, and and definitely not cloying. And then in the end, it like blends back into the hop character, and it's almost like it's almost like fluent from malt, blood orange, like juicy character to hop uh, citrus character in the finish. Really well done. I mean, blended so well. Um, I love this beer. And now I get it 
here uh, distributed in six packs. So I've got myself a six pack. I'm drinking one of these. I got an RPM that I drank in the last episode, and I've got a Oktoberfest. I bought a case of of Sierra Nevada's Oktoberfest. That right now is my favorite Oktoberfest this season. I think that's a fantastic beer, and I just been drinking a lot of it. So I, I'll I'll probably throw that in between the uh, this one and the and the uh, the regular West Coast IPA, the RPM from Bone. Yeah, I I, uh, I went searching for that the other day. For, oh really? You think Couldn't find Bone, it. you think Boneyard comes to Tampa? Or no, you? not Boneyard. I mean the uh, Sierra Nevada. Oh, Sierra Nevada. Yeah. Yeah, I could not find it to save my life. Um, and I decided I have a couple of beers with me today. You know, one's a, an Oktoberfest style beer that uh, you know comes locally from a brewery called Green Bench over in mm-hmm. St. Petersburg. Um, and I bought a couple other ones. One was from Florida Avenue Brewing, which is here. It's called Super Martin Brothers. Um, so it had a very super Mario brothers kind of, um, look to the outside of it. And then I also grabbed a hold of that, um, that Snyder's pretzel Mm -hmm. beer too. And I had the first one and I even think I commented on it when I checked it in on untapped and I was like, Oh, you know, I get it. It's definitely some, some caramel notes and you get some of that bready crackery flavors. And there's even a little bit of salt in there too. And I got to say, I'm completely even more disappointed with it now because it is not a beer. It is a malt beverage (laughs) with natural flavors. You know what? That's disappointing. That's what I was afraid of when we read about it from one of our listeners is I was afraid it was going to be just added stuff into it and not really, you know, utilizing if they would have made it so that the, all the ingredients they used came across like you were, had a pretzel in there it'd be fantastic yeah. i think that'd be really yeah. well done yeah and then of course one of the beers that i did get uh it's starting to taste kind of oxidized even though it's under 60 days old i'm kind of disappointed that it turned out the way that it did so you know living and learning i suppose it's all you can do you uh, learn. gotta try them to find out all right, Chris. Well, hey, let's get this show started. But before we get too too far in, I always want to let anyone new who's just joining us for the first time what Tap to Craft Podcast is all about. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to assist you, our listeners, along in your craft beer journeys and adventures. And you're listening to episode 189, recording on Monday, October 18th, 2021. And we are live on Facebook. We will be interacting throughout the the show with our listeners who are watching along with us. And if you want to be like our other great listeners and be a part of the show and watch this thing be made, uh, join us every Monday before release on Facebook at uh, 6.30 Mountain Time, 8.30 Eastern Time. And uh, just join, watch, and comment, and we will chat with you on air. You'll, you'll hear those conversations going on as we record. And in this episode... It's going to be, uh, we, you know, we mentioned, we kind of hinted at the fact that uh, maybe we'll talk about the Great American Beer Fest uh, Awards. Did that make it in, Chris? Okay, no, we are not going to talk about it. I mentioned, or you know, Ohio, or Ohio, Idaho <laughs> didn't win yeah. any awards. So I'm like boycotting the, the G, GABF uh, medals this year. But Chris wanted to talk about it, but I guess... He decides, screw it. We're not talking yeah, about it. Was, this year. It was too much of a scramble at the last minute. Yeah. I mean, I could I could probably pull up the info and do it on the fly, but you know, like I said, I want to see how much time we have. Yeah, yeah. As we'll play we're going it by through ear. it. We'll play it by ear. But 
we will be talking to you about, uh, well, actually, let me just say this. This episode is brought to you by the letter A, where we'll be discussing our favorite breweries and beers beginning with the letter A. And this was brought to us by our good listener, uh, Jeff Seiler, who always has great advice for the show. And he said, well, hey, you guys have 26 options and actually more if we add numbers, right? We might have a, yeah. when we do a favorite numbered brewery because I found out there's a lot of breweries that have a number at starting uh, of their name. So mm-hmm. we can, you know, we could always pick our favorite numbered uh, brewery as well. But yeah, well, at least 26, maybe 27 different categories of beers and breweries we can talk about. So we're going to talk about our favorite letter A breweries and beers, as well as great conversation that Chris and I will have along the way. And Chris and I just want to thank all of our Patreon supporters. This episode is brought to you in part by our satisfied Patreon supporters like Mike Allen, William Schlimmer, and Amanda and Kevin Argauer, who are our virtual producers. And Tom Byrne, Jeff Seiler, Johan Halberg, Tara Carlson, Chad Lamassa, Mark Church, Matt Knight, and Eric Gronley, who want to buy us a virtual beer. And if you enjoy the content we provide, we invite you to support the show by toasting your host or buying us a virtual beer or even becoming a virtual producer. You can explore the options on our support page by visiting patreon.com slash tap the craft. Okay. Well now guess what, Chris, we put out the call last episode to have our listeners go ahead and send us voicemails and you would be entered in to winning our last brewer shirts gift card, $20 gift card. And we only had one taker, Mr. Mike Allen decided he was going to. Now, I don't even know if he knew the contest was going on. He may have just decided to call us because he wanted to call us. And uh, so now we're going to hear what Mike Allen has to say as soon as I turn my volume. This time I'm going to be smart and turn the volume up. Hey, guys, it's Mike Allen. Hey, just wanted to check in with you. I am currently at the Burn Pile Beer Fest in Asheville, most by burial. Um, I got to say, guys, this is one of the best beer fests I have ever been to, and I've been to a lot of them. They have got some of the best brews from all over the country. Trillium, Burial itself, obviously, Monkish, uh, Alvarado Street, um, just amazing, amazing brews here, live music. Uh, just having a great time having some amazing beers, several, like four and a half, four, seven, fives, five O's uh, from everything I've had here. So anyway, just want to check with you guys. Uh, let you know that uh, having a great time and uh, appreciate the great show. I listened to you, the last show on homebrewing on the way up, on the drive up here from Atlanta. So uh, wish you guys well on the next show. I'll uh, catch you later. Thanks. Bye. Well, there you go. That's all you have to do. Send a quick little voicemail like that. You guys can do it. It's not that hard. And look how great Mike sounded. You guys all heard that, right? <laughs> I mean, I did. I heard it. Uh... Uh, yeah. So thank you, Mike. I appreciate you. Uh, sending us a voicemail, and I, I, and uh, it was great that you've been you've been hitting a lot of festivals. I mean, you went to Reno and went to a festival, and now you're in North Carolina going to a festival. And I've been a little, you know, hesitant to go to the festivals. Although I did go to a festival this weekend, and I might as well talk about it now, right? Because Mike talked about a festival. I went yeah. to the I think it was like the sixth, seventh, sixth, sixth annual. Actually, it might be the fifth because last year it got canceled. So I'll say fifth annual uh, Boise Brewing Hop Hoptober Festival 
And this, and it's it's a it's a it's a tongue full because it's a it's a lot of play on words there. But it's basically the fresh fresh hop festival that they have every year, where they bring in breweries, uh, a lot of local breweries. Because here in Idaho, we do have a lot of hops, so it's very easy to get fresh hops right from the the hop farm. Bring it in and put it in your brew kettle and make some nice beers, and, as well as getting a lot of breweries typically from Oregon and Washington area mm. that also have. Uh, a opportunity to have a lot of fresh hop beer. So I'm swimming in fresh hop beers. I've drank a lot of fresh hop beers in the last few weeks. And I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, it's a little disappointing because almost all the beers coming out of Washington State that are using Washington hops have been really affected greatly by the wildfires that we've been having. Uh, and we've had wildfires every year, but it it just doesn't seem like it's this was really bad. It must have been a really bad in, in the hop Yakima Valley area because the beers had a distinct hop or fire, smoky, ashy wow. uh, character in the beer itself, in the flavor. Um, mostly just in the flavor, not necessarily in the aroma. Uh, I did have one. And again, I was very disappointed because I, I got this before I realized how bad the smoking, the smokiness was. Uh, I had already bought a bunch of Washington fresh hop beers and I bought one from two breweries that I love in Washington, Varietal, which I've talked about many times and uh, Lumberbeard. They did a collab on a fresh hop beer. So I'm thinking, man, two of my favorite Washington breweries that make really good hop forward, you know, IPAs, West Coast, Hazies, whatever, everything I've had from them have been fantastic. I thought, oh, this is going to be a great beer. You know what? The beer was good except for one thing. Mm. Not only did the flavor have a very distinct smokiness to it, but the aroma was also very smoky. So this was a, that was the only one I had both aroma and flavor that just was like overwhelming, you know, ashtray-ish type uh, character. So I it's probably the lowest. I think I gave it a three and a half cap rating because it still was a good beer. It just was tainted by, by the smoke. And that, uh, that disappointed me. The lowest beer rating I've ever done for any of those two breweries, but it was basically because you know the beer wasn't good. But Fremont Brewing stuff, same thing. Almost all their beers, even the ones that they they they, they actually made. I think they made the Kawiki Canyon beer, and then they made, I think they trashed it, and then brought some more hops after they washed them off. Even that one suffered from the smoke flavor, which just took took it away from me. Um, the only one that didn't have the smoky flavor was the um, sit, the uh, firm, firm, uh, fresh to ferment. I think that's what it's called. It's their normal. Uh, they usually do multiple different varieties: Citra, Mosaic, Centennial. They they Cascade. They'd have like at one point they had four different fresh hop varieties in this uh, beer. This time they just did a, a combination of sit like a bunch of of hops. Instead of doing one, they did Citra, Mosaic, and something else. Um, in one beer and uh that that one surprisingly enough uh didn't have the smokiness but it didn't have a, a bold fresh hop flavor either so i was kind of disappointed in that one and still it's amazing the best fresh hop beer i've had this year was the one i first one i had of all year and that was fort george fresh ipa um out of about 20 fresh hop beers i've had that still is my is my favorite this year um so yeah that's what that's so I went. Oh, I went to this festival, and uh, because it was so. Here's the deal: 
I'm not used to this new world order with the, <laughs> with the COVID, right? Uh-huh. So I show up, I, I have Sarah come and, and drop me off. I was meeting my buddy, Alex Fuchs, who was here out, you know, from Israel. He came for a bunch of meetings during the week and he stayed on, you know, over Saturday. So we can go to this festival and hang out. I meet him down there and I go into the front gate to get in. And it says, you have to have proof of vaccine vaccination or proof of a, of a, of a clear test in the last day. Right. And I'm like, Oh crap, I don't have proof on me. I didn't bring my card with me. And I have, I, I have to deal with that with work. So I have all that stuff on my work phone, which I didn't bring my work phone with me. I brought my personal phone. So I'm looking, trying to find my card. I don't have a, I didn't have a, a photocopy. They say, Oh, if this photocopy is fine. I find my negative because every week I have to take a test for work. Um, so I, I went to the website. Oh, I have that. But it, there's nothing that shows my name with my test results. It just shows my test results. So I'm like, well, that's not going to fly. So we had to drive all the way back home, get my damn back oh, card and drive back. Uh, I just wasn't expecting that. I just didn't think ahead that that's the kind of world we're living in now. And that's the first festival I've been to since COVID started. Uh, so that was kind of a, a little bit of a drag too. Uh, have, mm. have you haven't gone to the what, what kind of festivals are going on in the tampa area is there anything going nothing. on nothing no there's the i think i guess the biggest thing is going on right now are hockey season starting back up uh baseball season's winding down football season's winding up mm-hmm. and um i mean we i know we just had like an Oktoberfest kind of thing down on the river in downtown tampa but as far as beer festivals go, mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's really nothing, and there I, there is an there is one coming up soon, probably within the next thirty to sixty days, called the uh, the Badass Brew Fest, which okay. is put on by Tampa Bay Beer Works. Oh, nice! And uh, that it, I've gone to it a couple times. It's always been a really good event. Uh, always really good beers, and um, that's really the only one that I know of here coming up other than probably Hunapu day in mm. March. Okay. Is that going to happen this year? You think this next year? I sure hope so. Okay. Cause I like their, I like the way they shifted it the last time they had it. It wasn't outside at a park. It was inside at Amelie arena where the lightning play. Mm. So it was in an air conditioned and it was at night. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't on a Saturday morning where you, you know, you go pound down breakfast at nine, 10 o'clock and then you get in and you start day drinking and yeah. you're absolutely wasted by one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's in the, it's in the evening well, on good. Saturday. So you can keep it classy. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, um, honestly, it was a lot more subdued. The, the festival usually has like 60, like 40, I mean, a lot of breweries, like 45 to 60 breweries, a lot of beers. This time they kept it, they was down. They're supposed to, there were supposed to be 30 breweries. And I think honestly, there was only 25 maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and each, each brewery brought one fresh hop beers and one, and some, some brought two, but most of them brought one fresh hop and then one other beer. So there, there really was only about 12 fresh hop beers, 12 to 14 maybe fresh hop beers um a little bit sad and most of those were ones i could already get without coming to the festival so i went and drank some of the ones that we did have some uh, brewery out of uh out of bend oregon good life brewing mm-hmm. they brought one of theirs and, I, and it, that was enjoyable a little different like a lighter refreshing ale um that that uh, that that utilized the hop very nice very refreshing like a great lawnmower type beer that wasn't too heavy and but it had a nice flavor um 
Another one out of out of Oregon from Salem, Oregon, Gilgamesh. Uh, they did a really nice uh, fresh hop beer, and I can't remember the name of it right now, but that was pretty decent. It was a little bit heavier, but had a little different flavor profile. And um, and then Fremont Brewing from, and brought two fresh hop beers uh, with them. I think those are the ones that were out of state. I'm trying to think of anything. Everything else was within the state. Um, and again, like I said, things that I could normally get uh, around town. So it wasn't anything too special. But I did get, I did try my first Spring Creek beer. The Spring Creek is a brewery that opened up uh, outside of town in a, 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 a subdivision in the hills outside on the way out of Boise going towards the mountains. And I just haven't gone out there because I haven't gone that direction. And it's, it's a, it's a good, it's like a 45 minute drive for me to get out there. Maybe about 45 minutes. So I just haven't gone out there. I, I want to do that with, with Alex one day, go try their beers, but they did bring some beers and I did have, um, I really enjoyed their double IPA. It was called, uh, sweet, some, something now sweet, sweet Cascadian double IPA. And this was a 10.4% beer, which is really big for a double IPA and, yeah. um, fresh hot. But I'll tell you what, it was pretty well balanced, and I couldn't tell it was ten point four percent. A really good job, and I and the and the hop flavor was really good. I really enjoyed that one. I went back, uh, had that twice, um, because that was one I thought was was worth spending another ticket on. The other thing is that I think if you remember, I've been going, I've gone to this this festival every year since it's been put on, and the very first year they did it, I I think I if you go back and listen to the show uh, in two thousand fifteen, it was. Uh, September of 2015 sometime, one of those shows, maybe oh, October, October, sorry, October of 2015, you'll find my first fresh, this first festival I went to, they charged uh, like 35 bucks and you got 20 tickets, 20 tickets of these glasses that are this size, if you're watching, mm. it's a four, I think it's four ounce pour. Uh, 20 and I could wow. only get through 15 before I had to stop because, um, the beers back then, especially in 2015, everything was about big beers, right? So it was a lot of double IPAs, a lot of big, heavy beers. And when you get through 15, four ounce pours of a, you know, 9% uh, IPA or double IPA, uh, you start to feel it, uh, yeah. pretty quick. And so I, I gave away five of my tickets. I said, wow, this is way too many tickets. They should have something, you know, maybe do 10 for a cheaper price. It's moved from that to now it's $3.50 a ticket. <laughs> so $3.50 for a third of a pint of a beer. Okay. For a beer that I can buy four fifty in the store. So uh, a little bit ridiculously priced. So it went from one extreme to the other, where you gave way too much to now you pay an arm and a leg to to go in. So it's, you know, it's a little bit expensive, but uh, but still, it's it's nice to go out there. And again, my first beer festival of during COVID. I I'd love to go to one. Yeah. Okay, I think I rambled on about that long enough. But hey, I want to talk about it somewhere in the show, and I thought, why not just talk about it when Mike Allen well, got done do talking about it? So we well, we no, did no, no. that. But if you would like to be like Mike and contact the show, leaving your voicemail, you can do that very easily. Just call us at 208-536-3359. Or if it's easier for you to remember, 208-53-ODDLY. Yeah, 
Oddly, I don't want to be like Mike. You want to be like Mike. I want to be like Mike. But if you are a little shy and don't want to get your voice on the air, you can just do leave it us, anyway. Yeah, you can leave us a, anyway. uh, an email with your comments or questions. Uh, just do it. Just send it to tapthecraft at gmail.com. Or if you're more into social media, we can be found on Twitter and Instagram uh, at tapthecraft and also on Facebook at tapthecraft. Just facebook.com slash tapthecraft. However social you like to do it, just leave us your comments, questions. Let your voice be heard. All right, Chris, let's continue the conversation because now it's time to untap the craft and see what our listeners are drinking according to Untapped. Well, I think my biggest decision right now is do I go with this, this Fest Beer Lager from Green Bench or do I get really basic and have this Gourds Gone Wild oh. from Tampa Bay Brewing Company? <laughs> <laughs> go with the uh, yeah maybe mm. ah, that's hard that's a hard choice because you go big now and then short About later maybe six percent yeah five point eight percent just this is a, a 16 ounce can this one's yeah. 12 so okay. i mean really no real big difference other than the well actually no alcohol by volume you should be getting <laughs> technically the same thing you want to work at it that no. way uh, no, because it's it's by uh, yeah okay it's, yeah you're right because it's by twelve ounce cans so you're right it, it, if they're equating it the same I don't know how the, that's a good question on how they do that are they weighing because what if you serve it in a sixteen ounce can mm-hmm. but so, uh, but it's twelve I, my, ounces calculated my guess and you know John correct me if I'm wrong when you hear this in three months. Um, my my idea is that it's based on the actual total amount made. So if they make, I don't know, a hundred barrel batch, it should be a six percent it should have six percent alcohol in it based on the volume. So when you put I don't know, yeah, I guess because it's more quantity, I mean this would de- technically have more alcohol <laughs> yeah. in it. I but... think I think because it's based off a of twelve ounce we did a whole show on how they calculated. I just it was so long ago. I need to refresh my my memory on how they calculate. But it's it's based off of a twelve ounce can of beer, uh, you know, like one whatever, and then okay. in the shot it was like one and a half ounces of distilled liquor. I mean, each each one had their and six ounces of of wine. They had they had their 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 measurement and then what that calculated to if you were to do the whole calculation. Well, I went with the. The pumpkin beer. Okay. Uh, Mike Allen said, I think we've talked about this before, but all the festivals I've ever been to, have never been to one with tickets. Uh, everyone is always a, all you can drink with entry. Um, so I'm, I've kind of done both. Denny, you, you guys normally have tickets mm-hmm. in your festival, mm-hmm. right? So Mike, I've been to both and I don't know. I don't know if. So from what I understand with Denny and just because he's such a solid guy, Denny always makes sure he forces his ticket into the hand I of do. the person I do. him that beer. Now, <laughs> me, on the other hand, I've got him in my pocket, but I'll say, hey, can I get a, a pour of this? And they'll go, yeah, sure, and they'll pour it. And they'll never ask you for a ticket. So I just go and go and go mm-hmm. until somebody goes, oh, hey, don't forget to throw your ticket in the pitcher and throw the ticket in there. But, yeah, I've done both where it's all you can drink or you need to drop a ticket, and 
I don't know. I've never run out of tickets. I actually end up giving <laughs> tickets away or people give me tickets or they don't take the tickets or. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, I could have easily done that, but I just, I don't know. I just don't like to cheat. I think so many people do cheat that that's why the tickets are so expensive, right? They have to make up the difference because they know it's not, you know, people aren't going to put their ticket in, but I, I don't know. I make a point to do it because I'm, I, I want to do the right thing. Well, Dan Charlie also said that civil society is having their six year anniversary on November 20th. Mm. So there's, there's still tickets available for that. If you go through the, uh, Osner app, O Z N R, you should go, you should go to that. <sighs> Civil yeah, society is great. I, you should, I, I love I their beers. Now the question is: Is do I go by myself, or do I be the good husband and take Megan with me, or do I just go by myself to have like a boys' weekend? Because Dan Charlie said all the cool kids are going to be there, so <laughs> that probably means Joel and Tim are going, and Dan staying at what, home, you, right? <laughs> well, you know what? You could go stag and just go join the boy, the you know the boys. That's a three-hour so three, three ride down there too. Okay, so take take Megan and do a date night, day weekend. <laughs> so many choices. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's, so it's, it's a win-win no matter what. Okay, well maybe maybe we'll just. I got invited to go. We'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, we got to get into this untapped thing because we are getting sidetracked. Our first one's going to come in from the Gnarly Gnome, and he's been checking into a few things as well. We still really need to talk to him. Um, But he's checked into two beers by Cartridge Brewing. Uh, He's drinking a Sherman and a Panzer. And the first check-in, it was just delayed, not because I didn't enjoy it, but, you know, he left some notes about it. Excellent beer to sip with dinner was the Sherman, and then the Panzer was excellent fest beer. I'm late getting it checked in, but really enjoyed this a lot. Crisp and drinkable, but loaded up with toasty, biscuity flavors. Could drink a ton of this. Um, Next on the list is going to be David Martin. He's drinking a Dragon Saddle by Hoof Hearted Brewing. Four and a half cap rating for that beer with no notes um david was also drinking a vanilla pear sour which again that pear flavor very subtle don't ruin it um pear uh, vanilla pear sour by columbia craft brewing company four and a quarter caps what is that oh rpm rpm oh yeah beer i'm going with the other ipa then i'll go for oktoberfest (laughs) okay so we've got that one i gotta move this screen over so i'm not confusing myself um moving on up the list florida steve here's that check-in you were talking about he was uh i asked everybody what people was were drinking and florida steve said he was drinking his own cider that he called appalicious apple cider by corsman cider and barrel works cider is ready for consumption i even created a check-in for anyone that happens to have my first creation cheers everyone he gave himself a three and a half cap rating for his cider um matt helmer asked is that the new cartridge brewing in ohio oh. my guess is yes because oh, that's which, from oh is it when you, oh it's one you checked into okay never mind okay. sorry i was yes. thinking he was saying uh, my uh, thing okay mainville ohio uh matt is where cartridge is 
And then jumping back up the list to Leon Nault. He's here in the Tampa area. He's drinking a daily serving of mango and passion fruit by Trillium Brewing Company. And uh, he gave that one four and a quarter caps for that beer. Um, scrolling on up the list. Well, Matt, when you go there, make sure you tell us about it. Leave us a voicemail. There's a voicemail. 208. Yeah. 53. Oddly. Yeah, it's easy enough to remember. <laughs> Jim Kudzall is drinking a nitro coconut truffle by Southern Tier Brewing Company. Uh, I always love Jim's notes because they're so super detailed because he gave this one a four and a half cap rating. Natural coconut and chocolate added to this imperial milk stout. Starts off sweet, but finishes with a pleasant bitterness. Just the right amount of coconut flavor throughout. A nice sipper at 10% ABV. Mm. That sounds like a delicious like dessert dessert almost. beer yeah yeah um mike allen he buddy you've been checking into a ton of beers at where else but other than the taco, taco mac, mac yeah um i actually had to since we moved i uh i had to create my own check-in place which is uh the canine the canine beer cooler and i was smart enough to label it as a strip club so <laughs> well it's probably true right half true i mean <laughs> I guess. If, I mean, I did take a shower earlier, so you know. uh, anyway, he had some good stuff in there by Twenty First Amendment. Uh, their brew free or die. I believe that that brew free or die is their their watermelon wheat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, well, they have which, they have a few. Oh varieties. no, it's just the IPA. Yeah, they have a few uh, brew free. Oh yeah, brew free or die is the IPA. Yeah, the uh, mm-hmm. the watermelon one's called something else. Yeah, you're right. High wa- high high or high. High hell or high, high watermelon. watermelon. Hell That's or high it, yeah. watermelon. There we go. Um, but yeah, he's got a couple of check-ins um, from 21st Amendment, Wild Leap, and Tantrum Brewing Company. Mm. Uh, his best one out of all that is the Alpha Abstration, Volume 18 by Wild Leap Brewing Brew Company. Four and a quarter caps for that beer. This is a beer that, Denny, you and I both got. Or Oh, I didn't get tagged in it. Oh. Never mind. Oh. But I'm going to read it. What I get no, tagged in. Uh, Jeff Seiler is drinking a Death to Fresh by Edmonds Oast Brewing Company. Great brewery, by the way. Mm. Um, I had some beer from them two days ago. Okay. A delicious citrusy and crushable fresh hop IPA from this Charleston, South Carolina brewery. I love fresh hops, and I cannot lie. So where did they fly? Did they fly those in, or is... I mean, I don't or know. North Carolina yeah. also has some hop fields. That that seems way too humid, and I don't know. It seems odd uh, that 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 would be hop central. But I mean, we never really know until we uh, start asking questions. But I don't know. We'll have to uh, tag them on Facebook and say Edmonds Oast Brewing Company. Where'd where did you get those hops? Did you fly where'd them? Where'd you get those hops? <laughs> Where did you get your fresh hops? I mean, you still have to go to that uh, hop field in outside of Tampa, so don't forget. That's homework. The tour of the hop fields? I have not found anybody who can put me in touch with anyone <laughs> at that place yet. <laughs> the Yellow Pages, man. I'm just going to show up. <laughs> you know what? To hell with it. I'll fly my drone over it. And I'll just narrate something. Okay. <laughs> uh, but four and a quarter caps for that uh, death to fresh from Edmonds Oast. Um, Denny, you checked into a beer from Revision, the Revision Red. Earlier today, yeah. 
Yeah, it's a clean, mellow red ale with some nutty malt flavor. A great gateway beer for those new to craft. Three and a half caps for them. Yeah, yeah. Let me just quickly. Um, yeah, I gave it a lower rating because I don't know. I, I was expecting more flavor from it, especially after seeing Tom Byrne rate it very high, and a couple other people on my friends list rate it higher. I was thinking, oh, I'm expecting to have a really fantastic malt flavor in this beer uh, and maybe a little bit of uh, a, a finishing hops that might just not make it a hoppy red, but, but you know, a, a nice blended one. And it was nice, but I couldn't taste any hops that were like prominent there. I, what I tasted is what I explained, a very subtle malt, rich, it was, it was a subtle, rich malt, character but it was mostly nutty malt like a like a nutty character but not like strong it was just kind of mellow and it's a good beer and i think it's a really good beer for people that don't want to have something too extreme when they come into craft beer so um I, it was a good beer just for my rank on a red ale it's about three and a half that's why i gave it a three and a half well, that would also lead us as a great segue into Jeff Seiler's next beer that Eric Gronley commented, that's what everyone wants at their core. Mm. Jeff Seiler is drinking a beer by the Divine Barrel or by by Divine Barrel Brewing called Beer Flavored Beer. Mm. That's it. That's the one, right? Uh, from the notes on the front of the can, it looks like an American style lager. And Jeff simply says it's beer. <laughs> beer flavored beer for tasting notes please refer to the label three and three quarter caps for that beer it's beer and look mm. i i can't argue with him on that one that's really what i'm always looking for yeah. right that that beer flavored beer not beer flavored malt liquor <laughs> nider it's not even beer flavored malt liquor it's just um no flavored that's, malt liquor. that's the that was the bad part about it that's what irritated me. I was I was enjoying it, and I was like, "Oh, let's enjoy." Look at the can and the can art, malt flavored beverage. What the <laughs> hell? And immediately, it tasted bad after that. I just I couldn't. Um, I finished it. I've got two more cans, and uh, so you didn't realize you were drinking a seltzer. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, maybe that's what it is. I felt betrayed. I, not only me personally, but my taste buds yeah. also yeah. felt betrayed. Yeah, and uh, I. I was I was disappointed, man. I was really looking forward to just a all right. I mean, what's more iconic than a fest type beer, a Martzen, mm -hmm. an Oktoberfest type beer yeah, with pretzels. And pretzels. Yeah. And you guys make malt beverages out of it. Shame. Chad Lamasa is continuing his check-in streak for the I don't know, really large number in a row. He's drinking a requests and dedications by Pipe the Side Brewing mm. Company. And he writes, this was put in a crowler on October 1st. Today is October 18th. There's still a ton of hops in this right up there with nugget nectar on the bitterness. And that is my favorite beer. I love this. Five cap rating for that yeah, I saw, beer. I saw him checking that one. Yeah, five cap is good. And we'll have to click toast to make sure that, yep, there we go. Um... Tara Carlson. See, I got tagged in this one. Okay, good. Tara, Tara you know, she she takes care of me. She cares about me. Um, she's drinking a Gretel by Foundation Brewing Company. Enjoying the fall with this, with the first fire and an Oktoberfest beer. Three and three quarter caps for that beer. And that sounds like a beer that's just 
perfect for bonfire weather. Just a an Oktoberfest type beer. It's called Gretel. I mean, again, you can't really. It's inspired by a tradition of Oktoberfest beers, balancing rich malt and crisp finish. It's brewed to celebrate the good times. Prost. So that's pretty much what I'm looking for. Still surprised though that I cannot find Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest mm. though. Um, uh, let's see. Matt Knight is drinking a Bohemian Pilsner by Von Trapp Brewing. And he writes simply, it's just really tasty. Uh, four and a quarter cap rating for that beer. I'm going to hit refresh on my screen because other people have checked into oh. some things Uh-oh. and we got tagged in one of them. Oh. William Schlemmer is drinking a legitimate business by company brewing. Oh. And he, Four cap rating for this beer. He writes, The Weird Turn Pro, Volume 9, from Company Brewing. The beer is growing on me as it warms up. Mm. So legitimate business. Uh, it's kind of hard to tell what it is in the actual picture, but it's a double IPA. Oh. A double, uh, or an imperial double New England <laughs> IPA. I can't speak today. You guys know what I meant. Um, and <laughs> next... On last on the list, Mark Connor is drinking a Euro Dark Lager by Wind Shift Brewing. Nose is malty and slightly sweet. Taste is light sweetness, malty roast, and a bread finish. Nice. Four cap rating yeah, for that. Sounds beer. good. Sounds I'm going to hit refresh one more time just to make sure. Denny, that's what everybody's drinking. Well, that's a great bunch of beers right there. A good variety and ending on a nice yeah. dark lager. I, I can appreciate that. That's That's fantastic. Okay, well, good. Thank you guys for uh, for helping us uh, make some content here with and in, in comment on and all the beers you're drinking. We really, really, I enjoy this segment, so it's good to good to do that. But now it's time for the Brew Buzz, and the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer related topics. And this week we will be discussing our favorite letter A breweries because this episode is brought to you by the letter A. So, Chris, since you just got done chatting away, I'll go ahead and start with my letter A brewery that I want to talk about. And anyone who's listened to this show over the eight years that we've been doing it knows that I have a love for this brewery. And if anyone on our Facebook that can guess what it is uh, before I say it in about one second, uh, please chime in in the, in the text because I'll be curious if you guys guessed it. But um, I'm talking about uh, Almanac Beer Company. And Almanac Beer Company is out of Alameda, California. Now, they, they're now out of Alameda, California because they opened a big tap room and production facility there in Alameda. But before, they were kind of uh, co-brewing in, in, you know, in San Jose area, I believe, and, uh, you know, borrowing some, some uh, stuff when they can and mm-hmm. until they can earn enough money to go out and, and build their own place. But I thought, of all the different, and there's a lot of A breweries that are part of the 8,000 breweries. There's a lot of breweries mm. over there. And, and I, um, I I have this one, and I have two that I'll just talk briefly that I, I honorable mentions. And I, and I was thinking that when I saw your list, Chris, that you would have different ones than you chose. So I was shocked, and we'll talk about that uh, when we yeah. get to your list. But I'm going to talk about Almanac, and um, I'm going to go ahead and just read through some of the, the background history of of the, the brewery and how they got started and what they're all about. 
So right off the bat, they have a quote on their website. It says, we brew bold and innovative beers inspired by California's rich pioneering and agricultural traditions. And this is a key because a lot of their beers are are basically farm, field to farm, or farm mm-hmm. to ferment type. Farm uh, to table. Farm, farm to table. Barrel, farm, yeah, farm whatever you want to call it. They use a lot of farm fresh, you know, local um, uh, what's the word I'm thinking? It's local ingredients. Local right? ingredients, but it's like uh, pure, not, uh, like when you pure not, uh, when you get local stuff, curate, not curate, but you know what's the word I'm looking of when you? Oh, I'm mean, geez, I don't, I don't even know. know but when but no, I know what you're talking go, about, they go but... out and they seek out local ingredients to put in their beers, and that was from the very be- well, as we read through this, you'll see. That was from the very beginning of their existence. It was all about getting out there and and getting that fresh, those fresh ingredients. So procure, procure. That's what I was trying. Yeah, it's amazing. I couldn't think of one simple word of procure. That's what I was trying to think of. All right, <laughs> Almanac was founded in 2011 by Damian Fagan and Jesse Friedman, two avid homebrewers who bonded over a mutual appreciation for California farmers markets. Almanac, which refers to the farmers' almanac. Uh, which is a seasonality reference guide for farmers that has been published every year in the U.S. since 1818. Again, when I was, I mean, at my age, I'm hoping everyone my age knows what a farmer's almanac is, but I'm guessing maybe some of the newer beer drinkers maybe never really knew what the farmer's almanac because they probably stopped teaching about farmer's almanac at a certain time. So look, you can buy it in the grocery store you can, when you're of checking course, out. Of course. But it's just, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's records of, of trends and things that happen mostly with weather, uh, you know, uh, rain and weather and stuff in different areas that can help farmers predict what, how the growing season is going to be and, and what the, they're going to be able to produce. So it's, you know, farmer's almanac. Um, they set out to brew beers inspired by California's rich agricultural bounty and brewed their first beer named Summer 2010, which was a bottle-conditioned Belgian-style golden ale aged in Sonoma Zinfandel barrels with Sonoma blackberries. It's a lot of stuff going on there, right? You got so, wine barrels and yeah. blackberries uh, and a Belgian golden ale, which is, you know, something that's not brewed a lot right and, and with all these mm-hmm. things added so it's a quite a you know quite a co- concoction there uh they hand sold their first batch one case at a time out of trucks out of the trunks of their cars to local bars and restaurants in the bay area Whew. burping up this ipa uh the beer was so well received that they continued brewing and releasing quarterly beers for the next two years until they garnered enough support to quit their day jobs and pursue Almanac full-time in 2013. After nearly seven years of partner brewing, they moved into their very own 30,000-square-foot production and aging facility located on the historic naval air base uh, on Alameda Island in San Francisco Bay. The brewery is a former naval hangar originally constructed in 1942 that boasts 37-foot ceilings, exposed original wood redwood beams, and hundreds of oak barrels and fooders. Their new home allowed them the capability of greatly to greatly expand their product offerings. Their broad portfolio of beers spans the gamut from delicate oak-aged lagers to nuanced barrel-aged sours, decadent stouts, and, of course, hazy IPAs. 
The company's business strategy suggests that beer can be priced, aged, marketed, released in limited quantities, and consumed like wine. Debuting a $20 bottle in late 2011. That's their first beer. $20 for a, um, you know, for a wine-sized bottle of beer. Almanac was expensive for a beer, but comparable with the least expensive wines typically found on a restaurant's list. Almanac initially sold its special release beers in 750-milliliter bottles, a size commonly used for wine. Fagan's design for the die-cut labels borrows from both wine and 19th-century scotch bottles. Almanac has released some beers that have been aged like wine in oak barrels and has promoted the idea that good beer has a good place at the dining table and is encouraging chefs to pair Almanac beer Almanac beer with their dishes. And the last little thing I'll say here, in, tw- in uh, January of 2013, the company announced the first three farm-to-barrel oak-age beers. Sold in 375-milliliter bottles, the beers had been aged, some for more than a year, as part of a collection of some 250 barrels. The releases include Barrel Noir, a blend of Belgian-style dark ale aged for two months in bourbon barrels, and then and in American-style Imperial Stout. Uh, in twenty in early 2014, Almanac refocuses output on its on this category. By 2018, the opening of its own brewery, Almanac was best known for its oak-aged sours and farmhouse ales, while also brewing IPAs, lagers, and pilsners. So one thing I will say is what attracted me to Almanac from the very beginning was their sour beers. In my opinion, Almanac makes the best sour beers in the industry. Now, I know there's a lot of other breweries that I haven't tried in, in the Midwest and maybe a little bit northern, maybe in the East Coast. Maybe there's other sour or breweries that do sour beers that make really well done one beers. But I've probably had 24, 30 of these Almanac sour beers, and there hasn't been one that hasn't been a absolute knock it out of the ballpark beer. And that is tough in a sour beer category when it's so easy to get a sour beer that is unbalanced, that's too acidic, that, you know, that just, you know, is off when they're doing these things in, in barrels. And, and it's hard to, to re like to, to redo it. Right. A lot of these are one-off beers that they don't mm-hmm. necessarily produce the same exact way every time. And, I have an example of one of their bottles. They used to produce all their bottles in this, and, I, and if you're watching the show, this farm to barrel, and this is one example. This is the, uh, I think I talked about this beer on the show. This is their Peach de Bretville. And you know, Chris, I don't like peach beers, right? I I got this because Almanac has never let me down, and um, I love Brett beers, and so this was a sour beer. This was a, was a sour along with with a peach, along with mm-hmm. Bretomyces, that gave it just such a fantastic flavor and well-balanced, no pukiness, you know, no, like, I felt like I'm, you know, uh, acid reflux or anything in my throat. Yeah. Um, well done. Um, and I just love it. And these are silkscreen bottles, too. I've, I've collected so many of these. The only thing that's different that they do between bottles is they put these little labels on the bottom that tells you what the beer is. But silkscreen, beautiful bottles, the only problem now is that they don't, I don't think they do bottles anymore. They do it all in cans. So now you get this nice, uh, and they have some classy, the same artwork they use here on the bottle, they use on their cans. And it's a really classy 
uh, artwork as well. So I, I, I fell in love with Almanac because they're sour beers. I don't drink a lot of sour beers anymore because as I got older, I just, it's harder for me to drink sour beers. I can drink one uh, every so often and my stomach can still handle it. But uh, mm-hmm. I fell in love with their sour beers. But guess what? They do more than just sours. They do a lot of varieties and everything they do is fantastic. Their stouts, their lagers, their IPAs. Not a beer have I had out of Almanac that they didn't really do a fantastic job. So that is my favorite a brewery chris have you had any almanac beers yeah actually it's funny that you were mentioning how that is your favorite sour Mm -hmm. beer brewery it's mine too oh there we go yeah yeah if i if i had to choose um if i had to choose one now for those of you who haven't listened to previous shows i i'm not gonna say i hate it you didn't i strongly dislike Brett. Yeah. I strongly dislike that horse blanket <laughs> straw, mostly just because of the thought that it brings to my head. But no, barnyard, I'm not a big fan the barnyard of, yeah. uh, flavors. I'm not a big fan of the beer. Yeah. Um, but I've definitely had some of their barrel aged sours mm-hmm. and some of their even their Brett beers mm-hmm. that I've had. And I'm going so well this done. This is a start yeah. in the right direction. Yeah. It is. And it's one of those things where uh, I remember when I first started checking into things on Untapped, and I started getting into the whole, you know, liking craft beer. My buddy Art Warcheck told me him and <clears throat> Art Warcheck is the the beer buyer for one of our former local grocery mm-hmm. stores. Um, it's actually right near Kevin and Amanda Argauer, but the. Um, him and then one of the beer, the one of the bartenders told me, he goes, look, you have to try the beer and you have to try to start picking out individual flavors in the beer. Like sit, mm-hmm. take your time, check the flavors and try not to go as all the flavors combined. You have to try to pick out those flavors yeah. individually and doing it that way. I can very much appreciate those beers, even though I don't like beers like that. Mm-hmm. So with them being up there on that list it's it's really cool to see those beers i just never buy them mostly because of like you said they're normally more expensive yeah yeah they were ten dollars for for this bottle at at when i first started buying them uh now they're like thirteen dollars for you know for a can of of their beer Mm -hmm. i mean they are more expensive but i never i just didn't want to buy a lot of them because this is i mean 3.75 milliliters is is uh you know, it's, it's a, about 10 ounces. Yeah. 11 ounces, 11 ounces. It's, it's a small amount for a big price, but, yeah. and so I wouldn't buy every single one. I, I had to pick and choose because when you're paying 10 to $13 per small bottle, that's a lot of thought per ounce. Yeah. And so I, I had to really be choosy and I wanted to pick them all up because I loved them. Um, but, but yeah, it, it's, it's a high price point, but, uh, well worth it. I never felt that I, I got ripped off. Uh, for that high price. It's one of the few beers that I'm willing to pay the extra money for because I know I'm going to get high quality for. Yeah, that's definitely true. All right. Very quickly, the two honorable mentions in the A category for me personally, Anchorage Brewing out of Alaska. Um, we've talked about Anchorage Brewing. I've had a few be- you know, beers. Um, they don't distribute down here very often. A lot of times I have to go to Washington to get the beer. Um, so I haven't had a lot of their beers, but to all the ones I've had, I've really enjoyed. Um, 
but they don't, but I don't have anything to say about them because they don't have any information on anywhere. Right. You, you have to, it's like, they're, they don't really talk about themselves. Uh, right. So it's hard to get information, but Anchorage Brewing makes some great beers. They do some sours. They do some big, heavy uh, stouts. They do a bunch of different things. Artwork. Yeah. The bottles in their artwork is fantastic. I save every Anchorage beer I get with their bottles because they're fantastic. Uh, so that was one. And it's the second honorable mention for me, even though I haven't had a lot of their beers, it's just that the ones I've had and the beer style that I enjoy a lot, that I, I really like my, you know, one of my big bucket list brews I want to go to, Allagash Brewing in Maine. Um, I love Belgian style ales. I love the stuff that I've had from Allagash. Um, and because it's, I don't get to drink a lot of it. When I do get to drink it, I really enjoy it. And and that's that's what I drive. I could have named Alchemist. I could have named other ones. But again, I've only had one Alchemist beer. Hetty Topper, and yeah, yeah but isn't it the Alchemist? It's the, but I'm going to say it's a. It's still, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I thought about that but, too, honestly. But I can't really say that's one I would mention because I've only had one beer from them, and yeah, it was yeah. good, but it's not something that you know that I can really say uh, that that really speaks to me a lot. Um, but yeah, those are my beers. Okay, Chris, I've talked enough. How about you? What? Wh- where did you go with with all the great A breweries you have in the Florida area? Uh, did mm-hmm. you pick a, a a Florida beer for your brewery? Oh, brewery? and I'll admit, there's one I didn't even think of. <laughs> but I, I'm still there's probably I'm a still, couple you didn't think of. Well, no, there's one that I thought of and went, no, I'm not definitely not putting that on the list. <laughs> but there was one that I just thought of that I'm kind of surprised that I didn't because I do like a lot of their things. But I really still like my choices. Okay. Okay. Um, now you had said earlier when we were talking. You were surprised about my decisions. Why were you surprised about my choices? So again, I'll, I'll just name the breweries. I was surprised okay. that Arcane Ale Works. That was the one that I just remembered. And I was surprised <laughs> that Angry Chair at least wasn't an honorable mention. Why Why were nope. neither of those breweries at least honorable mentions for you? So Arcane, it, honestly, it's just because I forgot. <laughs> I totally forgot it. Um, I was trying to figure out every, how do I find breweries that start with the letter a i saw i i literally typed in on google breweries <laughs> starting with the letter a and i got a great website to visit that gave me felt like thousands of yeah breweries. there's a lot of a breweries there are a lot um but then i was looking at things like you know what kind of different swag do I have? Okay. Uh, when I when I get stickers from good breweries, I put them on my guitar case, or I or I make st- uh, magnets out of them and put them on my beer cooler. And I know one of them specifically stood out because it was on my guitar case. Mm-hmm. Um, but Arcane, I'm sorry, I didn't mention you guys because <laughs> they're they're definitely a good one if you want to check them out. Now the second one that you mentioned, mm-hmm. Denny, Angry Chair. Yeah. What what happened to them? Why why are they uh, falling out of grace? It was interesting that it was uh, my my opinions were confirmed when I finally got to meet John and Kristen when John and mm-hmm. Kristen came to visit us in Tampa uh, a couple of months ago, yeah. and he said it so well. And I kind of he and I had a conversation about this. Like their beers are good, no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Their beers are good, um, but when people are going just absolutely nuts over these beers, that you know, like. Denny, when you and I split a, an angry chair beer, or I sent I sent a beer home with, or I, I mailed a allegedly mailed a beer to you, um, you were like, I had to split it with yeah, like they're too they're too big, yeah, 
Yeah. They are just dense. It's the They're Russian just, interference I have up here. On Russian, my... <laughs> yeah. And they are just super thick motor oil, like super sweet stouts. I mean, there's, there's an angry chair beer in my fridge that I bought for a buddy of mine in Southern Florida that he, he was like, Oh, if you can grab me a bottle of it, I'd really appreciate it that I cannot drink by myself. Mm-hmm. There's no way yeah. I'm going to drink this beer by myself. True. And, um, they have a very, you know, if you go in there and it's not super busy. Now, let me step back a little bit. They are, if they haven't completely gone over, they have moved into a new location that's bigger. Okay. That's going to offer them more space. Um, so, but the location that they were in, Denny, they their bar might have had 12, 15 seats at the actual bar. And then maybe another 20 seats inside the actual tasting room (laughs) when you have a brewery that people are going like i consider them one of those breweries that people are like i I mean we used to wait in line for their beers get it in line at six seven o'clock in the morning festivals outside the brewery sharing Um, beers it's it's because yeah it's become um too much of like a a, what i like to call a bro culture yeah yeah. um and it was the last couple of times I've had any experiences there. And then John kind of solidified it for me when he was there. It was just, they were like, you know, for lack of a better term, my shit don't stick yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and I've heard some different opinions from other folks that I know that have tried their beers or have had experiences there. You know, when I go to, if I'm going to angry chair, I'm going in to grab something. If I'm grabbing a bottle or I'm going to have a beer or two and then just pay my tab and leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, the experiences that I've heard some people have in there, they're just, they're, I don't know if they're just too full of themselves or, or what, but it's that, that bro culture kind of turns me off of it. And normally when I'm in there, it's so flip and crowded mm. that, it's not enjoyable. Yeah. Like you got to like shimmy through people just to get in there. <laughs> okay. So fortunately they're moving into a bigger space. Okay. Now my other choices though, my actual choices. Let's talk about them. Uh, yeah. So my, my actual favorite brewery that I had that started with the letter a was against the grain brewing out of Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and the, what turned me onto these guys was their, their Brown ale that we talk about a lot. Brown note, the Brown note. <laughs> Okay. Um, and I know with a lot of you guys that, that we talk to, whether it's in social media or on the show that you guys are drawn to things like can art, Mm -hmm. like, you know, this is pretty cool. Gourds gone wild, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's, that's fun. It's, you know, (laughs) great for the holiday. Um, we get can art, beer names, Mm -hmm. beer puns, that kind of stuff. That's what gets us to buy beer. Yeah. Yeah. And Denny, I know you're a huge guy on beer yeah. names, like those puns and stuff. And uh, Brown Note, <laughs> the can art and the name itself totally sold me on it. Yeah. Totally sold me on it. And I remember when I ordered it, like, I was like, wow, the Brown Note, like the note that makes you <laughs> supposedly poop your pants. When you hear it. It's so childish, tr- but it makes me laugh. I know. That's why I enjoy it, because here I will forever yeah. be 12 in my brain. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things that I tried and realized, wow, it's a really good beer. And then I've had a couple of other, their other beers. One of my favorites that I know, uh, Jeff Seiler says brown note, best quote guy can art ever. Yeah. Yeah. Sit your ass down. Yeah. <laughs> Sit your ass down. Right. <laughs> that, that beer, not only is it absolutely delicious. What a great name. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for good beer names. And if the beer is good inside, hey, it's a double win. Well, I was looking up their website when I started finding out some information about them. They have some very interesting beer names coming up, coming out. Uh, however you want to, however you want to look at it. Um, they've they're they're simple, but they're they're a lot of fun. Um, they've got a beer called Wiggity Woo. I have no idea what that's about. <laughs> Um, the other one, I, I believe it was cluck, cluck, mother. Um, <laughs> I mean, just all kinds of different uh, stuff. And their, their can art is just, it's simple, it's simple and complicated, but very involved, yeah. but it, it's so many things and it just all, all around. It just, I really love this brewery because they have a lot of fun but they're cool. Like the, the picture on the wiggity woo, there's a guy not wearing a shirt. He's wearing a hat glasses with a beard. He's got tattoos all over his body and around his nipple, there is like little sunshine at rays. And it says nippy <laughs> underneath of his nipple. I mean, come on all that kind of stuff. I love that kind of stuff. That's just, it's just hilarious yeah. and fun. And they're, they're, they're just being real to who they are. And then, they make great beer on top of it. So I want to read a little bit about what was Let's on their, or their website about, about us in their about us section. So against the grain is in Louisville, Kentucky and Louisville can Louisville's craft beer scene in the nineties was grayer than aunt Claudine's thinning hair. <laughs> every pale ale was a pale ale. Every Porter was a Porter and so on and so forth. It was different then, but truth be told, that's where the tale of against the grain begins. Jerry Nagy, Sam Cruz, Adam Watson, and Andrew Ott found themselves working at one of the grayest, that's grayest, <laughs> Louisville breweries of all time, doing what they loved, but not the way they wanted. Fed up and dissatisfied with the brewing status quo, they banded together and drew up a business plan on a yellow legal pad. It wasn't the best, but they found out early on that they had a knack for taking something shitty, <laughs> this is their words, not mine, taking something shitty and making it the shiniest turd in all the there land. There you go. There you go. This is why I like these guys. They have fun. They're not afraid to be themselves. More importantly, they found they had the drive collectively to make better beer. With determination, a few fart jokes, <laughs> and a handful of investors, they opened the doors to Louisville's first brewer-owned and operated brewery in 2011, Against the Grain Brewery and Smokehouse. Now, their food looks phenomenal, mm. too, by the way. The 15-barrel Victorian-style brew house and Southern-inspired smokehouse became a vessel for innovation. They invited color to the grayscale brewing culture and changed the way beer was viewed in Louisville. They brewed an array of diverse beers categorized by six main styles, session, hop, whim, malt, dark, and smoke. Mm. The categories ensured the beer would never be boring and they would never be bored. For the next four years, sleep was a luxury, mm. showering a distant <laughs> dream, and a balanced diet was a cracker with mustard. Mm. They championed the belief that you deserve more than the mainstream. You deserve quality beer with an irreverent crude name, but also the merit of liquid to laugh in the face of naysayers who have a hard time saying fart, <laughs> boob, and of course, nipple. <laughs> They insisted and proved amazing beer could be fun, not stuffy or too proper for a rowdy time. By 2015, the culture of beer was growing and the brew pub began to feel the growing pains. 
It was time to expand. The partners opened a three-vessel, 30-barrel brew house 20 blocks away from the pub in downtown Louisville. The facility was to act as the production arm of Against the Grain. They increased production by 400% and began canning brands to adorn shelves around the world. Today, you can find Against the Grain in up to 43 states in the U.S., upwards of 25 countries around the world, and of course, right here at home in Louisville, Kentucky. So, Chris, I I mentioned I was surprised you didn't have the the Florida breweries on there, but... Mm -hmm. You don't know how happy it made me that this was your top choice. So thank you for yes, choosing please. against the grain. Um, I thought it was a great selection, and and uh, it makes it makes me laugh. There, I, I wish I could get more of their beer here in town. Um, I hope that we're one of the forty three states. I think I, I haven't seen any against the grain, but I'm hoping they come in. Right, we're come on. We got to be one of the forty three. I don't want to be one of the seven, okay. um, <laughs> but, but great choice. Great choice. Thank you. Thank you. So um, I'm trying to see, let's see, let's check Boise. Let's see what it says. So while you do that, um, Mike Allen has some comments that, that he says, uh, I don't think either of you have had much from Alvarado street out of Monterey, California, mm-hmm. but they are fantastic. And yes, I see that Mike checks into that all, you know, checks into that and gives it high ratings. And no, I've never had, there's a lot of breweries in California that I just never have had that start with an A. I hear good things from them, but I can't really talk about it because I, uh, you know, if, if you're a local or you're able to get that, that beer because you, of whatever reason, then that's, that's fantastic. But I mean, Almanac I can get. I can get a lot of Almanac here, and I, I love that. I love their beer. And against the grain, Chris can get, and I and I can get when I when I travel, and I enjoy that yeah. beer as well. Um, well, I saw three, four of their beers when I was beer shopping the other day. They're, of course, against uh, Brown Note, Citra Ass Down, <laughs> um, there was a light beer. It was called like Pool Boy or something like that, and then they had one called simply A Beer. It's uh, on the, the front of it. It's labeled as a super American uh, premium lager, which okay. I don't know why I didn't buy that. But. So so Jeff Siler says, don't forget Pile of Face IPA, Kentucky mm-hmm. Ride uh, Sequin, mm-hmm. and London Bailing Barley Wine. They are awesome. Yeah. So it's just more, more of those, more of their beers that we need to get a hold of because everything I've had from them has been spectacular. Yeah. So, um, but as far as honorable mentions and especially with, I mean, guys, we've got a, what, over 8,000 breweries in the United Mm -hmm. States alone. We could have totally just picked some random breweries. (laughs) All these breweries are breweries that I've had beer from personally. Mm -hmm. So I wanted that, that was one of the things that I looked at that. And I was like, okay, I can't just, I can't just, you know, make these up or just pull one because I like the, the hype that goes along with them. Um, my honorable mentions, I had two. Uh, apparently, I have three now because Arcane didn't make the list. So <laughs> Arcane is definitely going to be in the honorable mentions list. But Anapi Brewing out of Algoma, Wisconsin. Um, I was turned on to these guys actually by uh, one of our lists. Or no, actually <laughs> oh, before that. Oh, before Wim Schlimmer. Dustin Hoffman. Oh, okay. Um, he, he, I met him and his, well, now wife in, uh, Asheville That's when right. Megan and I went out there a few years ago right. and he brought me some beers from a oh. and I really enjoyed them. And then when they showed up, I, then that 
that name showed up again when uh, when William was kind enough to send us uh, olive oil uh, with beer labels wrapped around them. Um, yeah, that one right the there. That one. Oh, oh my, my gosh, gosh it's that so beer good. was so good. Um, so everything I've had from that, I think I've had about four or five of their beers, and everything's just been just delicious. And then last but not least, I want to talk about another Florida brewery, Ardwolf. Ardwolf Brewing Company in Jacksonville, Florida. Never heard of now, them. Never heard of them. Yeah, <laughs> and it was one of those one of those breweries that I knew nothing about. I found them at Hunapu Day one year, and they had really cool stickers. Oh, the beer was really good too. Forgot about that part. The beer was really good too. Um, and every time I go, uh, every time I see somebody going, well, what brewery should I hit in the Jacksonville area? Ardwolf is on that list. Okay. Um, and the big ones are the big beers that I see from them a lot. They're what is it? There's a a stout that I see a lot that. I'm looking through their stuff right now and I'm ill prepared, but the beers that I've had from them have all been stouts and they've all just been just terrific beers, super easy to drink, but also complex in the different flavors and just very enjoyable all around. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. The, the Anapi, um, I've only had one beer from them, and, but it was a five cap rated beer. Mm-hmm. And uh, that again, if I ever come across cherry wood Baltic style Porter again, oh, yeah. I will buy a bunch of it because that beer is fantastic. I love that beer. So, Hey, good choices. Although I never even heard of Ardwolf, but you know, if I'm ever in Jacksonville, I've got to go and try them now. Now yeah, I know well, there's a couple favorite. there. There's a couple there. All right. Well, Chris, that is our brew buzz. That, that turned out to be quite a segment. I thought it was going to be a short segment. We actually made that uh very, you know, entertaining and, and, oh, yeah. uh, and, and worthwhile. So what we do, of course, that's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> so let's go into our new and noteworthy. And since you just got done talking, Chris, let me go ahead and talk about my new and noteworthy. And I already mentioned that earlier in the show that I've been drinking a lot of fresh hop beers. And so the first beer, the first two beers I'm going to talk about are fresh hop beers. I got three beers. I, I went back to, uh, to normal. Instead of doing five, I went with three. And the first one is from Fort George brewery. Uh, and again, I talked about a Fort George Brewery beer last episode, which was a fresh hop one, which is a fresh IPA. Now I'm talking about their Fields of Green, which is their uh, Strata Wet Hopped 2021 version of their of their Wet Hop. And I got to find this beer on my Untapped real quick so I can. So what I said here on Untapped, I gave this a four and a half cap rating. I said this Strata is very or the strata is very present with a candy-like melon citrus fruity flavor, not getting any traditional wet hop character, but the beer is great regardless. And that seems to be the key to a lot of the fresh hop beers is in the past, fresh hop beers were like super in your face, danky, grassy. Mm -hmm. Like you could tell that these are wet hop, fresh hop beers. And most of the ones that I had this year are very mellow in that. The only the only difference, the only one that wasn't like that for sure was um, the first Fort George um, brewing one, the fresh IPA. That one was very strong, fresh hop character. But yeah. still, the beer was fantastic. I loved it for just as a, uh, it had the fresh hop character, but not bold, but great character. And uh, four and a half cap rating for that one. 
The next one is another wet hop beer from Mother Earth Brewing right here in uh, in, in the Napa, uh, Boise area. It's their Wet Hop Dreams 2021 version. Uh, and this is the Sabro version. And I, in gosh, you, I've mentioned a bunch that I, that's my favorite hop right now is Sabro. Um, great flavor with some of the signature fresh hop flavor, solid IPA, and so flavorful, four and a half cap rating. Uh, obviously, you can tell that I was enjoying these beers and I just didn't hmm. put a lot of thought into the description, but uh, it's still good. I, you know, I, I, I remember getting a lot of variety of hop character out of that Sabro, but um, I didn't put it in there. Just typical Sabro hops, you know, a little bit of coconut, a little bit of tropicalness, you know. And then uh, the last beer is a uh, a beer, another beer that my buddy Alex brought me last time he was here. And it's amazing that I um, you know, I still have beers that he brought. I, I haven't drank them all. Um, this is a an interesting beer because it's a collaboration beer. It's Thornbridge Brewery out of England, UK, but it's a collab with Firestone Walker out of, uh, uh, California. California. I was, uh, something Robles. I can't, I can't pass, pass Paso Robles. Robles. Yeah. I was trying to remember the, man, I'm really, maybe my fourth beer tonight, I probably should have cut back a little bit. Maybe four beers in, yeah. in one show is, is too much, but um, but yeah, this is a, it's a collaboration with an English brew. So the, the beer was brewed in England, uh, with the collaboration of Firestone Walker and it's called the Pondera American IPA. And I gave this a four cap rating and it's got, I said it has a big, sweet tropical fruit flavor in there. And I'm thinking it's, it reminds me of kiwi fruit. Uh, again, kiwi fruit is not a strong, bold flavor. It's like a more subtle, sweet, uh, juicy character. Um, passion fruit, maybe, maybe it was passion fruit as well. Uh, not the typical West coast IPA I would, I would expect a good beer. Nonetheless, thanks Alex for bringing this beer to me for cap rating. Uh, again, when I think of West coast IPA, I think of citrus pine period, mm-hmm. right? That, that, those are the bold flavors I want to have in a West coast IPA, but, um, but it wasn't a West coast. It was American style IPA. So my mindset might've been a little bit off. Uh, still, American IPA, very good. Just adding some of those New World hop characters that I also enjoy. And that's why I gave it a high rating. All right, Chris, how about you? What was your new and early beers? So new and noteworthy beers for me. Uh, one was from right here in Tampa, from Cigar City. It was called Journey Work of the Stars. This was my one and very few five-cap ratings oh. that I give out throughout the year. Um, but this one is part of their El Catador club uh, that they have a couple times a year. And the notes for this one, at least on untapped says journey to the interstellar intersection of wooden barrels, complex malt forward beer styles and rich cacao nibs with this blended barrel aged creation. Mm. This is labeled as a strong ale. So okay. this would be a barrel aged strong ale and just simply a very, very good beer for this being a 13.4% beer. This did not taste like a 13% beer. Now I did split it because I'm a responsible adult. So I got to share it. Tina and I split it, which was good because that would have been a whole lot of beer to drink. Um, But just everything that I love in a strong ale, right? You get some of those, um, you get some of the booziness because this was with, uh, you know, it was blended with a couple of different barrels. Okay. 
Uh, it, it had some of those like stone fruit flavors mm. in them. Um, and it was uh, just, I took, I remember taking a sip of it and going, Oh, wow, this, this is just phenomenal. And I took another sip and another sip and I was like, all right, I need to <laughs> slow down a little bit and maybe just sip on this one. Um, but that one was just phenomenal. So glad I got to try that one out. Gave that one a five cap. Nice. Next beer is out from out your way, Denny from Fremont brewing their brew 5,000. Sweet. And this was one of those beers that I got through Tavor that I was a little hesitant on getting. Yeah. Expensive. But it's your favorite. It's your favorite kind of barley wine. The English barley. <laughs> I wine. do love an English barley wine. <laughs> and this one, the only, I, I gave this beer a, come on. I gave this beer four and a half caps. The nice. only reason it didn't get five because it was, it was a little on the sweet side. Okay. Um, but this was a English style barley wine ale aged in bourbon barrels. And the notes that they have for this is just, you know, talks about how Fremont began as a dream in 2008. Hey, this is what we've been doing since then. Um, but let's see where the notes, uh, like every family we've had our ups and downs, but we keep coming back together, knowing we are stronger together in your hands is a special nod to you, a gift for now that will continue to give many years from now. Should you have the patience to wait brew 5,000, this English style barley wine, and it goes into the different hops and the English barley. It's been aged in 10 to 15 year old single use bourbon barrels for 16 months. Uh, it was wax capped. It was a 22 ounce bottle. I mean, it was, it was a lot. It was, uh, it even says in the notes that the flavor was high sweetness, mm -hmm. slightly bitter, definitely lingering sweetness. Um, but it worked together really well. It was, it was nice because it was sweet. And then the balance of the, the, uh, the booziness from the barrel and the sweetness and then some of the oak flavors that you would get in mm -hmm. it. Uh, it was like, you know, brown sugar, oak, yeah. vanilla, uh, all kinds nice. of different flavors out of that one. Wow. Um, and the last one was my 25th, 2500. Oh, this was it, huh? That I checked in uh, the other night yeah. on Untapped. Hoppin' Frog Brewery out of Akron, Ohio. Their extended barrel-aged Doris. Now, Barrel-aged Doris is one of my favorite mm, beers. Oh yeah. It was one of, the, one of the first beers that I ever got into that I liked, started liking those bourbon barrel flavors. Now, Doris stands for Double Oatmeal Russian Imperial right. Stout, to there give you, you an go. idea of what <laughs> this type of beer is. Now, it's been extended aged, so I believe the notes I saw that it was aged for, this one was like, 16 months or something like that too wow um but it was in bourbon barrels and this had a ton of oak flavor to it so the immediate immediate taste you get the sweetness uh of that of that imperial stout and then it actually was dry the finish was drier it wasn't there was no carbonation to it or anything but there was definitely some earthy oak flavors. And then you get some vanilla to sit on top of that, um, which I really enjoyed. We were, we were sitting out by a fire pit uh, at our hotel the other night. We were just chit chatting, also watching the Tampa Bay lightning game, um, you know, and just enjoying the time outside. So I was also drinking at my B cup because, you know, when I travel, you have to take a beak. I go beak. Totally right? 
Yeah. Um, whether it's an hour and a half down the road or somewhere else, but, um, but yeah, we always had our B cups to go along with it, but yeah, just a great beer. I'm so excited that I actually have a second one in my fridge. Oh, nice. Nice. Well, I saw that it was Doris and it was barrel aged Doris. When I bought it, I was excited. I was like, okay, I'm just going to get two of them. I didn't realize it was like an extended barrel aged, (laughs) which adds extra price to it. Eh, what's money you can always make money that's right that's right well those are those are great beers chris um there was one more beer i think one right before you you hit your 2500th beer it's a brewery out of uh tampa area starts with a c um quincy or quinn oh quinny quinny so talk to me about this brewery because i learned about this brewery in this uh, book I'm going to talk about here in a minute. Oh, did you? Yeah, and I want to hear okay. if you've had very much experience with them and, and their beers and um, what you think of them. So I've had, I don't think I've had a ton of them. Um, I might have had three. So so why not? Because point. it's they're, they're in Tampa, right? Or outside of Tampa? Uh, so they are in a town called Dunedin, which is... Uh, Actually, I might, I've had three, yeah, three of their Mm -hmm. beers. Um, I've had three of their beers and Dunedin is like about an hour from us. Oh, okay. So they're, so that one, uh, McGrady, the mild and orange trail cream ale. Um, But I think when I was actually at the brewery back in 2017, there's a lot of breweries in that area. Mm -hmm. So you go to this one and then yeah, you go a couple you, blocks yeah, you down. Yeah, you try a bunch of things. You don't want to drink too much at one because you want to bounce around. Yeah. So all of my other check-ins were just, hey, I checked in this beer. I checked in this beer and no notes or ratings or anything. Okay. Um, but I do remember the beers that I did have from them have always been really, really good. Okay. Plus, this beer that I had was a black IPA yeah, that I yeah. got from <laughs> from the pizza place down the street yeah. called Gasparilla. That's Pizzeria right. That's right. It had that, so that was an interesting crawler you had. It had a twist top, right? Yeah. That, so uh, I got two beers. The first beer I got was from that Edmonds Oast mm-hmm. that Jeff Seiler was yeah, drinking. The fresh, I got there, yeah. uh, well, I didn't get, get that beer. I got a... Um, it was like an orange creamsicle okay. uh, IPA. And it's funny because it was labeled as a sour, but it was very much an IPA. Yeah. Unless you know, unless they put something in there that made it a little different. Um, and then I had, when we got the creamsicle, the crowler didn't seal mm. completely. And I'm riding home and I hear this. So, yes. Yeah. What is that noise? <laughs> and I get home and there's like little bubbles popping out of the side. I better I drink like, this well, now. Guess we got to drink this one first. Um, so we we uh, we had that with with um, with our pizza, and then we took this black IPA. We took it with us to Disney. So when we were sitting out by the fire. We had this one, but um, Kueni again. Everything that I've had from them has been really good. Okay, so I only mentioned them because I never heard of them before. You never mentioned them ever in your mm-hmm. uh, in, when you talk about beers here on the show for years and it was a brewery that their responses in this book um you know were were uh notable and i i really i was like wow this i like this guy i need need to visit this brewery when i go uh to to florida 
So that's why I was asking about it. Um, so yeah, so I'll talk about that in just a second. But we did have Jeff Seiler. He wanted to add some other notable A breweries yeah. on his list here. Two, two of these were were in contention for my one, list as well. One, his first one, two. one yeah. was in mine, and it's only the first yeah. one. L Smith. Um, mm-hmm. I do enjoy Speedway Stout, but honestly, Speedway Stout's the only beer I've had from them, right? That's why I didn't I've had it. different variations yeah. of it, but it's the same beer. And I'm like, I don't know if I can really recommend a beer that I enjoy one type of style. So that's why I didn't do that mm-hmm. one. Uh, he also says uh, Alpine. And yep. Alpine, in its day, I would agree. But I think in yep. nowadays, it's not the same. I, the Alpine beers that have come since you know, five, six years ago are not the same beers and I just don't enjoy them as much. So I couldn't put Alpine on my list as, as well. I'm not saying they don't have good beer. I'm just saying that, you know, over the years, other breweries and other, other things have, have stepped up. Uh, he also mentions uh, Avery, mm, which Avery for me is a hit or miss. There's some beers I really yeah. enjoy and some beers I just don't really dig that much, but Hey, Avery is, is, is fine. And then Aslan, and now, is this Aslan that's in Virginia? Is that the... Yes. Okay. So I never had any Aslan beers, but I have heard from John John Reed, mm-hmm. who's mentioned them from... From the beer fairy. Yeah, from the beer fairy, <laughs> as well as uh, uh, Tom Joseph and other people mm-hmm. around the Virginia area that have had Aslan that say it's very good. So I'll agree with that, that that's one that I haven't had myself, but everything I've heard from people I trust says that they're fantastic. And he, he mentions yeah. Orange Starfish is his favorite there. He says, Speedway Stout for L. Smith, pure hoppiness. Um, mm-hmm. I do remember I've had pure hoppiness, and, I, and that is a good, that is a good one. Um, Nelson. Avery, though, I have never had the Maharaja. Um, I have had the Old Jubilation. And, of course, Avery does the um, does a brown ale. The Rumpkin. Yeah, the Rumpkin. Oh, I'll say that. The, the Rumpkin, Rumpkin is fantastic. I do like Rumpkin. Um, the only, like one of the few pumpkin beers I actually appreciate is Rumpkin. Mm-hmm. One other one that was on that, that, that no one talked about either, which, uh, I'm still 75% sure on this decision. Adroit theory. Adroit theory <laughs> so, there. <laughs> so I thought that might've been your list too, because you've yeah. had a lot of beers from them. I've only had a few, um, and I've enjoyed the beers I've had, but they didn't, stand out above everything else but again i've had a couple beers and i'm like yeah they're okay i mean but i know you've had a lot of beers from them so i thought they might have been your list mm-hmm. as well yeah and again it's stuff i bought based on can art yeah they have some very dark looking can art <laughs> um so the can art was really cool and then i actually when chad lamasa went out and visited them he goes, honestly, I was kind of underwhelmed. He goes, I'm so like, I, I get their cans of stuff and their can art is amazing. The beer's really good. And the yeah. tap room was kind of underwhelming. Yeah, yeah that's true. If you're going to put, if you're going to be that out there with your artwork and everything, come on, make the experience when they come visit you yeah. just as, you know, fantastic. I agree. Okay, Chris. Well, let's finish this show off. Um, I, I didn't talk about this last episode. We are running. I ideally I like to end right now at one one hour and 30 minutes, but I want to talk about this book review real quick. I won't spend too much time Go on for it. it. So I was, uh, um, as a PR thing, uh, and I didn't even request it. Uh, they sent it to us um, and said, hey, would you please review our book? Um, here's a free copy of, volume, of the first volume of three volumes. Uh, 
uh, I hope you enjoy. And the book is called One More Beer, Please, uh, by John Nelson. And uh, let me read what he, what was written in the in the promo that was sent to, to us through our email. It says, does the thought of a freshly hopped local IPA send chills down your spine? Perhaps you crave a deliciously simple ice-cold Pilsner crafted to perfection? As a beer geek, you know we live in un in the undisputed best moment in history. The craft of brewing beer has never seen more innovation and growth, yet for the purest of the selection of traditional old world ales has never been greater. This one-of-a-kind book asks breweries some poignant, poignant questions about their operations, products, and their take on the industry and what's coming next. In one more beer, please, uh, over 100, volume one, over 100 breweries answer questions like, what is the actual difference between a porter and a stout? How do you open a brewery and what does it cost? Who is the industry or who in the industry is doing it best? What beers do brewers actually drink? Do IPAs still matter? And so much more. The people behind these companies are leaders and trailblazers. Get to know more about American brewers and what it and what makes them some of the greatest job creators and innovators on the planet. So basically, I just want to kind of go over. I, I read the entire book. It's about 470 pages or so. Um, it's not like full prose. It's uh, it's in a, a style that it basically takes, uh, you know, it has the brewery and then it takes uh, these questions and answers the questions. So uh, here's my notes. Uh, it's a three book series. Each, each book contains a hundred breweries. I only got the first volume. So I got to look at the first hundred breweries. The first book has the breweries with all the numbers that, that answered that, you know, went ahead and submitted their answers to the form. Uh, as well as uh, through the letter D. So we had, you know, A through D. So if you think about it, we Chris and I just talked about all the A's, and there must have been like mm. a thousand of them. Um, and so we went through numbers and through D uh, in 100 breweries. So not a lot of breweries responded back uh, in, in that range to his, uh, his uh, request for information. So I, I need to be honest here. Um, this book is not really an authored book, meaning that the, the, the author didn't go and do the research and then write the prose according to what was fed back to him. Um, he basically, uh, took a, a collection of responses from a Google form. I, I believe what he did is he made a Google form and he sent out a link to 8,600 and whatever breweries, uh, maybe not all at the same time, maybe, you know, maybe it was, uh, uh, you know, in segments, you know, maybe he did a third of the time. Who knows how he did it? But he sent a Google form out and had him, hey, could you please go through my survey and answer these questions? And he had, mm. at first, it looks like he had maybe six or seven, maybe 10 questions. And uh, whatever breweries wrote, wrote back, um, he would then use those responses and put them in into the book. So he didn't, here, here's the, the kicker, right? Um, he didn't do any editing. Uh, it's pretty much just the raw responses from the what was sent back, including all the poor editing, the poor spelling, the uh, all caps responses. Who who wants an angry text from somebody, right? And that's what you're reading. Yeah. He put all caps, you know, in some of these. There's two of them, and I was just shocked that there's got to be some editing, right? Because people don't want to be yelled at when they're reading a 
uh, a thing. And, and it just seemed kind of odd. And, and, and people like myself, I'm not a, the best grammar speller, but those things stick out when you're reading. Right. And, and yeah. if something is obviously out of wrongly spelled or used incorrectly or missing, so the context can't be understood, I understand he wanted to keep it in the same tone as what the the person who was responding wanted it. But come on, there's got to be a little bit of editing done, at least to make it well, uh, uh, better, right? I think that would be kind of tough because if this was, you know, John Smith mm-hmm. at the at brewery, at Acme Brewery or whatever brewery it was, he'd want to make sure that it was quoted appropriately. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and again, when you're writing stuff like in a form, a lot of times the editing is is not available, right? You don't have a spell check. Yeah. You don't have a, you know, it, you're writing it through and answering through and you're you're expecting that maybe if I have something wrong, that maybe it'll get corrected. But that it wasn't. A small little tick. I'm just saying, I'm just kind of picking out of the things that I said. I, and again, I read through the entire book. I didn't just skim. I read everything. So I, this is coming from my personal review of this. Um, mm-hmm. The questions and responses are relatively the same throughout. Now, I did see that some of the questions were changed up as some breweries responded. I'm guessing what happened is he initially released certain questions and from the responses he was getting, he saw that, you know what, maybe I could, I could change this up a little bit to add more context because again, he's not asking questions and then seeing the responses and, and going back and getting more responses. He's sending out a, mm-hmm. a one-time form and he did make some changes that I think were, were definitely good. But the problem is, is that, those changes weren't made across the board. It was interjected here and there. Um, so there's a little bit of, of change. But for the most part, it's just, you know, one-sided questions. You, you ask a question, you get a response. There's no, uh, there's no feedback. And uh, right. honestly, I would have liked to have seen more of an interview style where he could dive back into digging into m- more deeper to some of these answers, right? Because they they were kind of thorough, but you know, some were kind of thorough, but you know what? You, you feel like, Oh, I've got more that I think that they could tell us. And we didn't get that. I would have also, honestly, I think adding a hundred breweries with, without a lot of context is not as good as focusing on 20 breweries that give you a real solid amount of context. In, in my mm-hmm. opinion, um, there are also some breweries that were included in this hundred breweries that really didn't take the survey to heart, right? They either wrote a single word, they wrote sarcastic responses, or they hmm. wrote sparse response, you know, at all. In my opinion, these breweries should not have been included because their feedback doesn't provide any useful insight, right? If a brewery isn't wanting to really put the effort in, then don't include them. I mean, don't just put stuff there to fill a book, right? I mean, I, I'm sure you could have waited a little bit longer and got maybe some more better feedback from breweries that were a little bit delayed in, in getting back. So that that put me off. Every time I read a brewery that didn't add anything to the context of the book, I just thought, why? You know, why, why do that? That doesn't make any sense. The other thing is, and again, this goes back to why include this if it's not going to add any, you know, real context is there were there was a couple of wineries that were put in this book. Because they do mm-hmm. have beer, but they're only brewing like a right. few gallons a year to, to appease those husbands or people that are going there with other people that like wine and they don't like wine and they can give them a beer offering. But nobody that cares about craft beer 
cares about those type of breweries, right? Nobody wants to hear about a winery that has a, a, a few gallons of beer. Uh, it, it just felt like that was out of place. Again, my opinion. Um, let's see. There are some breweries that included that, uh, that honestly, I will never go get a beer from because uh, reading the responses, the tone of their messages relays the problem of some of the 8,000 plus breweries that are in business for the wrong reasons. I think, Chris, mm. you hinted at it, how Angry Chair, I think Angry Chair is in it for the right reasons, but they become so big, their heads, egos are bloated, and it's more of a bro, you know, it's turned into a bro thing. I don't want that bro uh, culture, right? I want everyone invited. I want to have a good yeah. experience. I don't want to have that type of uh, of thing. And, and I got some of that, that, that uh, you know, some of the brewery responses kind of told me that, you know what? You just let me know that I don't ever want to visit your brewery or drink any of the beer from your brewery because you guys are a bunch of right. damn assholes. And, <laughs> and I'm not going to, I don't want to spend my money on you. So that was good. That's a good thing that at least I got to see some assholes. Uh, yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to solidify that. Yeah, voice yeah. Um, but you know, that's the whole reason, Denny, that you started Tap the Craft, yeah. right? You, you, you want to be able to go into a place, especially as a new person and go, I have no idea what mm-hmm. I'm looking at on this menu. Where do I start yeah. kind of thing, yeah. right? You you want to have that, that what we talk about our craft beer journey all the mm-hmm. time. And I know if not everybody, just about everybody has walked into a brewery and, and has probably felt that way in some form or fashion where they're just like, do they even want me to be yeah. here? Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, you know, the, the person behind the bar, you know, when I've done like secret shops at breweries and stuff, there's a part of it when they're telling me, they're like, Hey, you know, engage the person in conversation, you know, mm-hmm. start small talk with them. And I've totally had people where they will, I'll have a full blown conversation with them for the whole time that I'm there for an hour or two. And it's easy to talk to people. Yeah. And then there's some folks where it's like, you're pulling teeth. And I'm like, so mm-hmm you like french fries yeah or you know something yeah. like yeah yeah oh. yeah if, if it's all about the experience yeah it's all about don't make me come to you and 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 drag out the beer experience i'm there you 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 know i want to feel the experience right you you make me feel important make me understand why i'm drinking your beer and why i mean when that happens, it's a magical experience and, and, and really mm-hmm. good. Um, so there, there, I'll tell you that it, I, I'm, I'm kind of being a downer on, on what I read, but I'm just being honest with what I read uh, from a, a typical, you know, from a, an experienced beer drinker and spirit an experienced beer connoisseur enthusiast, whatever you want to call me that that's seen, a, seen a lot of stuff over, over the years and how I took, took the book, but there is, there is some good stuff in this book. I'm not saying it's all bad. I'm saying that um, probably about 15%, 15 brewers in this book really provided some very thoughtful, very good insight into different aspects of the craft beer uh, industry, uh, of getting started in craft brewing and how to, how to become successful and, 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 and guide you. In if in the mistakes that they made that they don't want other people to make, um, and that's the key is 
I honestly think that if he, if he, if he would have uh, focused on quality instead of quantity in this book, it would have been a really good, I mean, really good book. And that 15% yeah. made it worthwhile that I didn't feel like I wasted a week of reading, reading this uh, because that 15% really stuck with me. Not only did, uh, did I enjoy those 15 breweries that really put the effort in, um, I gained a respect for breweries I never heard of that now are on mm-hmm. my bucket list of breweries that I want to go and reach out to either go visit myself or um, you know, reach out to do interviews because I want to hear more of their story because these guys really inspired me to want to, to, to understand how they came from. So there is good parts of the book, but again, 15% is a small section. Yeah. It was quanti- quantity over quality is never wins, right? It never wins. And it sounds like with, with specifically two, it could have been just, hey, let's see if they fill out this form and the information we get, we can quick publish a book and see what we can. Because it sounds like, he, well, let's quick publish a book, put a link out there and see if we can make some passive income. Yeah, on. yeah. It's it's just a, yeah, it was just a side thing that wasn't really, I, I don't think there's a lot of effort put in is the problem, right? There's no editing, right? So you just copy paste. It's how hard is that? Yeah. I could, you Can and I you could remember, do that if we really wanted to. <laughs> Can you remember any of the breweries that really took the time and put some good answers into that those one questions? from Tampa was one. Um, there's a, and honestly, the one, oh, Kuwait, yeah, okay. the one, uh, Wisconsin had a couple. I need to go back and, and revisit Wisconsin, North, North Dakota, like small towns really put an effort into, um, to putting in some really good, solid, uh, I- information. Another one at boring, boring brewing out of a small town in, in Oregon. Um, man, the guy is, he's a small brewer, but I really got, I, I really, I really felt connected to his responses and I, I want to get connected with him and, and either visit his brewery and do an interview on site when I get back to Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, you know, he's just South of where my, my, my mom lives. So I could probably go down there and, and arrange and it's a small little outfit, but Man, he put that was the first one of the book. I got to boring, right? I went through all the mm-hmm. numbers, all the A's, and got to boring before I hit my first <laughs> one that really stuck with me that said, Wow, this is fantastic. And like I said, there's Wisconsin had a couple in North Dakota. It was really this honestly, the smaller it was the smaller uh brewery, you know, craft beer states that really had the best input. I thought were really cool. And I had been doing it for a long time and nobody, I mean, never even heard of these breweries. Right. But they've been small town brewers uh, for, you know, 15 years uh, and having some good content. So here's, oh, so um, I I don't want to be too long here. I've already talked too long, but basically it's not that expensive of a book. Um, Each volume is $4 a piece electronic, or you can buy the three volume for $10. So, it's, you're not you're not being put out by too much money. If you wanted to go ahead and try this, uh, go ahead. Um, this book, in my my conclusion, this book series is for those who are interested in opening a brewery in the U.S. and want to weigh the pros and cons, get some insight from up to 300, you know, breweries. I'm not going to say you're going to get good insight from all of them, but you will be able to pull stuff from them. You'll get insight. Yeah, you'll get insight. <laughs> um, but for the typical craft beer enthusiast like myself. I really cannot recommend this series in, you know, unless you're just curious again, $10 is nothing. That's two lattes. If you buy expensive coffees, right. Or, 
uh, you know, or one lunch. Um, if you want to get inside, I think 300 breweries can give you some insight. So it's not, you know, it's not a waste of, of total money, but I can't, it's not one of the books that I've read that I really enjoyed and, and can recommend that you need to read this book. Um, and again, if you can, uh, uh, if you're good, if you're happy enough picking out the good stuff and ignoring the bad, then it's fine. And what I found that I would do is I, I didn't care about what brewers are, how many beers brewers are drinking per day. I didn't care about what foods go best with craft beer. I didn't care about how much it, after so long, I didn't care about how much it costs to open a brewery because you know what? You're not going to get your answers from there because it changes with every place you live. You know, there's no one answer, right? Some mm-hmm. say you can, you can, you can do it for 40 grand and some say it costs 4 million. What the yeah. hell? 40 grand to 4 million. How can you, how can you uh, make any sense of that? Right? So some of this stuff isn't going to be crystal clear to you, but I, I dove in and really focused on the things of, you know, that were, uh, you know, talking about how they go about, um, you know, expanding their brand and, uh, you know, some other, other, other key things. I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but, but there's some good stuff in there. I mean, you, you'll pick out the stuff that you want to read more about. You don't, you get tired of reading about the difference between Porter and Stout because really the only yeah. difference between Porter and Stout tends to be whether you use malted barley or roasted barley. That's the difference, right? Okay. Now we're done. Let's go on. <laughs> um, okay. So to finish this off, uh, I, as I mentioned, I did read the complete first book um, and I was pretty much 15, about 15 breweries. I really got mm-hmm. some insight that I cared about. Um, and again, there's uh, some breweries that I never even heard before that really impressed me. And now I want to go ahead and visit them or interview them. And again, if you were, uh, I, I personally, uh, I'm done with the, the first volume. I don't think I'll spend the $8 to go for this, the other ones. Although I am curious to see if John responded to the questions and, you know, Trek has uh, some feedback in there, but I got to D, right? So I need to, there's a lot of breweries in between that, that could be yeah. there that I'd be interested in. So that's that's uh, my take on this book. Uh, it's on Amazon. It's on a number of different other sites uh, electronically. And I think there might be a hardback too, but just go for electronic version. I think would be good. Okay. All right, Chris, let's finish the show out because we're at two hours. Who do you want to give a raise, okay. raise a glass to tonight? So I'd love to raise a glass to my buddy, Manny Velas. Uh, he turned 38 whole years old yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I uh, want to raise a glass to him. Uh, Feliz cumpleaños, amigo. And uh, cheers to many yeah, more. Cheers to you, Manny. And Denny, who would you like okay, to raise a glass quickly to? Quickly to our Patreon toast tonight goes to Mark Church out of uh, Ohio there next to Trek Brewing. Cheers to you, Mark. Thank you for being a Patreon supporter. And then my... Again, didn't know I was going to be so long-winded this show, but uh, you read off a bunch of untapped stuff, right? And uh, in the last four weeks, I just have to raise my glass and cheers to all of our great listeners who have tagged me in their untapped check-ins, commented on my check-ins or whatever in the last four weeks. Tara Carlson, Jim Kutzel, William Schlemmer, Eric Gronley, Florida Steve, Will Sinclair, Tom Byrne, Jeff Seiler, Kyle Lilly, Chalamasa, Johan Halberg, and Matt Knight. Thank you for reaching out, interacting with me on Untapped. I really appreciate it. And cheers to you guys. And of course, 
Being a former serviceman, I always want to raise my glass and thank all those who have served and who are currently serving in the U.S. military services, protecting our freedoms. Thank you for your service, and I hope you're able to return safely back to your family soon. And Chris, why don't you go ahead and give a toast to our sponsor? Certainly. At the forefront of the craft beer movement, Brewer Shirts was one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. Never too trendy, always comfortable, and offering affordable quality, they screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. Visit their online store at brewershirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTHECRAFT2020 to receive 15% off full-priced items. All right, Chris, you want to wait till our next episode to give people another chance to use our voicemail number and win $20 to Brewer Shirts? Yes, I think that would be a wonderful idea. So if you guys want to win a $20 gift card to Brewer Shirts, make sure you call and leave us a voicemail. It's at 208-536-3359, 208-536-3359. And if you can't remember that, like Denny and I can never, because mm. it's literally sitting right here <laughs> on my screen, 208-53-ODDLY. Type those type those letters into your phone, and it'll get you to us. You should save that in your contacts anyway. <laughs> That's like, right. Just call us. On. Yeah, we love to hear from come you. Come on. We love you. All right. And you can find the beers and links to articles mentioned on the show in our show notes located on the show post at tapstocraft.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at loose screw. And Chris, how can our listeners follow you? Absolutely never on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82, or you can always find me on untapped and Instagram at MCK one, three, four, five. And of course you can always interact with us at anything social at tap the craft. All right. It is last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening. We ask you to please tell a friend and of course, subscribe on all those podcast apps i'm not going to list them all uh and of course uh as a reminder we release a new show every two weeks now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer Cheers. cheers is everything okay yeah, everything's good. Oh, you were looking someone coming in and you need to chat with someone? Yeah, give me yeah. one second. One minute. <laughs> All right. It's just me. Don't everyone leave because Chris will be right back after this message. But while we're here, um, I'm gonna talk to Chris about this brewery that uh oh, you're back. And okay, so Chris is back. Yeah. That's all, folks.